yeah, here we are, uh, intro time, and we were uh, just chatting about some things that uh, are definitely worth discussing. And uh, just just to parse all of this uh, beforehand, though, we uh, it's kind of a good thing we were able to wait until uh, recording as of Monday, the twentieth of February, twenty twenty three. The uh, the administration has yet to uh, announce who they'll be sending tomorrow or Wednesday in the morning to try and get there before Donald Trump arrives. Oh, you mean to East Palestine? Yeah, to East Palestine, yeah. Where the, uh, where the train accident happened that had several releases, which we'll be going over in a document here shortly. Yeah, yeah, that one. So uh, Donald Trump has announced that he will be going. He did that uh, around the middle of last week. And uh, as we mm-hmm. had discussed uh, on the last episode, uh, up until that time... The EPA had been stonewalling uh, the administration there in, you know, the local administration about, uh, and the Ohio state administration for that matter as well, about declaring it as a disaster zone. Or uh, Now, what they did do was uh, demand, make, they did make demands as, you know, so the letter that they filed um, was basically they sent, oh, they sent a notice to the company and said, hey, there was Preserve a your record, what basically. happened. Uh, so basically they said, send send a response um your action plan you know what's going on here and as a part of that what they got was a manifest uh of the the uh the cars that were involved so the uh the rail cars and the state of them and the actions that were taken and um, that's something at, at the time that's worth going into and that i was kind of specifically wanting to do now that we know what all's there we can actually and, kind and of I got better that. information I got a better idea and better information as to what was going on and, and some better idea of what I can kind of make assumption wise but, uh, but before we do that I, I do want to announce that Joe Biden has arrived on the scene with 500 million dollars holy crap I am surprised for Zelensky was done to these cars yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so it's 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 crazy though that the um so the cars so the, the, there's public misconceptions that are problematic. Yeah. Uh, with, oh yeah. With regard to uh, what's been going on here, and um, some very genius level like like AOC discovering a fucking um, sink disposal genius level takes going on. I I uh, I, I agree. Like so so I've watched the people. I've watched the folks on our side of the aisle sit there and wring their hands about how it's well, like, just this disaster. I, I don't see anything that's, like, crazy. Um, well, I for think, instance, Jack Posobiec discovering an oil slick on a river. Yeah. And, uh, well, and then I mean, someone so throws a bottle in the... and goes, oh, what's with all the colors? This must be vinyl chloride. It's like, no, you fucking idiot. That's the oil. Which well, is in the things, manifest but... as having yeah. escaped the tanker. And and if you if you look at a lot of these other videos, that's one of the other things that you can see is you can see people who drag a stick through mud or throw rocks in the mud and it'll bubble up. Um, sheens sure. like that. I mean, sheens like that are technically going to be any hydrocarbon on the surface of the water, right? That's, well, yeah. I mean, you're going to get thin film effects no matter what happens. No matter what that. happens. Now, you're always going to be To be completely honest, mass- though, it is illustrative of the fact that something is up. Sure, well, but the point the point here is that it is not what they're. 
Oh yeah, no, that's that's not the vinyl chloride. That's actually like a hydrocarbon. Yeah, I I so to to put this in in terms of like real stuff, let's take this away from the internet and talk about the the idiots that exist in the real world. So I told I think I told you guys last night I work with some guy who is the the fucking straw man that the left pretends all of the folks on the right are. Literally, like, he's right. he's a guy who turned around and said, I went out and I bought a burner phone and created a Twitter account to say, see how many times I can say, uh, you know, drop end bombs, right? right? He is that kind of person. <laughs> it is, it is, he comes to my desk at least once every couple of weeks uh, before I get, like, firmly irritated with him and tells me that Jews rule the world and it's a giant fucking conspiracy. Uh, like, so oh, okay. this guy, this guy comes in and we have a, so we have a rad facility. I, I know, right? Like I, I Do you ever I've just pull out your phone right as he's leaving and just say, Hey, he's leaving Most of most of my life I was raised by Jews. <laughs> I should uh I should get a check too, just by Jew by proxy. I'll uh, go for yeah, it. We'll, we'll give you we'll give you uh, uh we'll give you three fifths of a check. That's okay. Oh my I'm God. okay with that. Um the so so this guy this guy comes in right so we have a rad facility and every single time you find something that's uninstalled material uh because it's rad because it's legacy and because everything is old as dirt and falling yep. apart you are supposed to uh you know take take actions in case it's a spill now most of this is done for like real serious stuff but we train and we do it at like every single level it's 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 kind of uh well you uh, know if you spill table salt it's toxic if you eat enough of it well, it, it, that's that's kind of, and that the, the mentality the mentality of the government is to control things at the source, which is not a bad principle, by the way. Right. Like it's it's not it's not a bad principle. When practicable, it, absolutely a good one. It it, it is, uh, and and you know the the problem that you run into is that it gets absurd when it's like, hey, there's three paint chips on the ground. Oh my god, deploy a <laughs> deploy a hazmat team, send out evacuate. Seventeen people show up to go do this one thing, and everybody's got to ask why and it is paint chips fell on the ground. Sixteen are managers, right? It, yes. <laughs> so, so like they they have. By the way, they have scaled back that that kind of stuff used yeah. to happen a lot more often, but um, you still have that kind of that kind of mentality. This kid turned around, and he she sits there, and he shows me this chunk of I don't know old building. I'm sure it was old mm-hmm. building, and he goes, "This is vinyl chloride. The plume is drifting overhead," and I just. Oh my god. Oh. I wanted to put my head through his cubicle. Just just literally through his cubicle. Now to be fair, on the eighteenth, just two days ago, there were reports of people actually picking up chemicals and smells in the air in the New York area. Uh-huh. Smells in the uh-huh. air are not solid chunks. They they, I'm sorry. they are not the entirety indeed, I gotta let's I gotta which break falling, in here. Yeah, that's true. The entirety of New York is a smell in the air, okay? Yeah, I mean, you uh, kind of have to wonder great. how the people in New York City could tell the that difference. Is, is like, down in the could city. you smell it over the urine or what? I know, right? I mean, I guess. But there's so, definitely that's a lot bad. of people like who are you're over the OSHA. It's you're over the OSHA safe limit for piss in the air in the middle of right. New York City. Uh, uh, there's, there's, but I have seen a lot of people reacting to things, and yes, you know, you see things like the fish dying. Right. Well, they were already dead. They're getting washed down the river because that's what happens in the river. It goes down river. Yes. Uh, and and on top of that, you you know you are going to have some of these things that are slightly more dense than water. The the oils, things like that, they're going to get kind of entrapped in the soil. And so any bottom feeder that eats it is going to have some problems. But one of the things that we've learned about oil is that the environment's actually really good at breaking it down. 
Yeah. Right. Well, it, so you it have to get some bacteria into the interface, and it's it, unfortunately surface area driven because it needs an interface to break down into. Uh, it, but once they get agglomerated onto it and start proliferating on that surface, right. it, it, they, it's, they it's, bind it up, and it becomes more than that spherical uh, general geometry. As they soon because because bacteria have a multitude of different things that they will eat, uh, they don't really recognize things uh, the same way we do as like food. It's like anything that can be broken down, they break it down. Um, so a lot of that stuff will go away. It's not going to turn into this giant crazy ass thing. Uh, that's not but the say... oil's going to be what's basically the oil is what's left right now. All the monomers yeah. fucking gone. Yep. And there's, and there's not a chance in hell that any of that stuff is left. And that's really? not to say that people aren't going to be smelling stuff, but unfortunately, and I have complained right. about, or I've, I have, uh, you know, thrown my hands up in the air talking to be, talking about people that I deal with at work. Because again, I do hazmat remediation and I do um, rad remediation. I can't even tell you how many people will smell radiation and how many people will smell asbestos. And, oh yeah, they're the same people that feel power lines from a thousand feet away. Yeah, it, 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 well, no, I mean, this, these are supposed to be chemists, but, like, we can't even turn around and use, like, a solvent in the hallway before somebody sits there and goes and complains to IH that they have headaches. And IH will come down with a fancy little unit that says, no, you can't Leave a Sharpie by them. You know? You know how to is... fuck with those people? You get yourself one of those, uh, those big-ass Sharpies from Home Depot, and you open that fucker up behind them. Wait well, for a little know, bit and recap it. I am sure a lot of it is more <laughs> along the lines of like they're just annoyed that it smells bad in their hallway. Sure. Because they're boomers. Possibility. Well, so, well, we got me here. Uh, we got this PDF, and there's some things. So, so uh, to set the scene here. So, what I knew on what the 15th or whatever, I, someone asked me on Twitter. Uh, hey, what's your opinion on this? And I went ahead and spewed out a bunch of uh, random thoughts. But among them, uh, the reason why they wanted to do the burn. Now, originally, I, I had heard they, were, they had done a controlled demolition instead of a, a burn-off. And to me, that I mean, it's all the conditions, and you can see this in the manifest here on the, uh, the side for the status of the car with the vinyl chloride, yada, yada. All the conditions for a boiling liquid expanding vapor explosion are there. All the, all the conditions for a bleed. Yep. Uh, so the, the vents are already going. Uh, the, the vents are igniting. So the PRD, the pressure reduction device, is a vent. Um, so when the when the stuff vents off and the heat can start getting to the, the place where the vapor is contacting the wall instead of the liquid, it can heat the, the metal to the point where it will rupture. And the PRD doesn't matter anymore because you now have a giant hole. And because it's under so much pressure and the liquid inside can flash boil, it's a mechanical explosion that blows the vessel apart and basically creates a fuel air bomb. If you're very unlucky and it doesn't just create a missile. And the flash heat from that can set fires from, you know, a hundred plus feet away without actually having to get any well, fire near the thing you're going to heat. Not to mention the fact that one of the biggest problems that you have when you start responding to highly concentrated gases or things that were fluids that are becoming gases because they're under under fire conditions 
is it actually creates an atmospheric hazard that could be IDLH. That too. Right? Like, yeah. so so even if this wasn't flammable, uh, or even if there wasn't fire, just sitting there and having this stuff go release out, you can absolutely start talking about, you know, massive so the, risks to emergency response So person. there were residents that burning were also being evacuated safer. too. The, 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 so, so we haven't gotten to the burning part just yet, which, yes, is the end result. They should have burned it. So the the all the conditions for a believer there just without no without it even being the fact that it can polymerize. So uh, as I learned more information, they did the uh, controlled burn. What that tells me because so you notice that each of these say stabilized next to them the monomers, those and those polymerization inhibitors have a finite life inside the vinyl chloride. They can only stop so much, and the uncontrolled heating creates a situation where polymerization can initiate and if polymerization initiates instead of being heated from the outside against the vessel by fire you now have reactions inside the bulk fluid that can produce heat so right. because they had no idea how much inhibitor was left how much stabilizer was left inside these these monomer substances and they didn't have a a uh, they didn't have a track built in where they could have something come in and take this tanker away safely uh, or a way to transfer it to a new tanker and, say, add stabilizer or whatever, which would have been a bit of a tall order on a, on a day turnaround because it could have gone off at any time while they were there. That's basically the problem. They have no idea how close to the, the end of the ticking time bomb they are. Uh, so the safe thing to do is to crack open the drain port, send it all to a pit, and burn that shit off. And all it does when you do that is produce CO2, CO to a limited extent, but as soon as you get out of the plume, CO2, uh, water, and hydrochloric acid. The hydrochloric also, acid is going to land produce, in the soil. You'll also produce a significant amount of carbon because it's not going to be yeah, burning. Sure. It's not going to be burning at you know optimum, the, the, optimum uh, oxygen the, ratios. But and the that's whole what the big black idea, cloud is. Oh, but, hey, but, baby, Greta will come by. Yeah. But the whole phosgene idea is bunk. Uh, the very small amount of that that shows up is immediately destroyed. Okay, um, that's comforting. So, so the the HCl that gets produced will come down as rain. The whole idea here is the uh, solution to pollution is dilution concept. That HCl coming down as rain that's over a much much larger area than that little pit they're burning from, and that'll take a while to happen. And the and, soil has enough alkaline salts in it that it'll be able to naturally and, and buffer even, that out. Even soil the ecology HCl. is not going to be harmed. Even the HCl that gets up into the atmosphere, right? It's going to it's going to dilute itself compared to the total amount of water that's in the atmosphere, and it's going to be interacting with you know some of the it's other widely carbonates that are forming from CO2 off gassing and, and chaining and all this. Yeah, it's it's and, it's very widely diluted, and it's not a risk to the farmland in the area or to the residents in the area. What it's really a risk for is corrosion of exposed metal surfaces yep. wherever the plume in the air travels, so towards yep. New York, for example. And yep. that's that's going to be a mild risk. You should, you know, just check for pitting and repaint, that kind of shit. So there, there now, is a, uh, I mean, that's a financial impact. You, specifically on that, that like, in, uh, in some of the photos that we've seen now of cars that look like they've basically uh, driven through the salt flats and rain at the same time, Yeah. Uh, would you say that's probably that, some I mean, of that... If they're closer it, it, to it, where the burn was, maybe that's well, that, relevant. That be, seems to be the case. Also just be, 
it could also just be people sitting there and, and posting random shit and claiming that it's related. I, I, I bet like, you some of them are just old junkers that someone posted. I mean, the same idea yeah. is that, like, someone going out there and saying, in the middle of the fucking winter, mind you, that all their chickens are dead outside, but they are not, you know, sick at all. Well, like, to be fair, that lady did mention that she was feeling sick. So. Now, there's a difference between 10 miles away and 100 miles away. and that's, You say well, that lady as if there's one video or one picture. That's there's right. also, there's, the one there's that also was something known as psychosomatic symptoms, right? So yeah. just because you feel sick doesn't mean you actually are sick. So the, the first and thing that happens... Especially if you believe that there's a reason for you to be sick, uh, you will start to emulate the sickness yeah. that you think you have so the, the 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 first person notices something weird doesn't have to even be relevant to actually being sick it could just be like oh i got a hangnail and my toe hurts uh you know but my toe is red now and there's a stuff in the air and maybe that's making it worse and then suddenly you have red toe syndrome inside the valley right not say like it's clearly dead chickens not a good thing they said no predators you know that's the common thread is there are no predator entrance uh evidence like yeah sure but again you're you left your chickens outside in the north in the middle of the winter and while they're capable of dealing with cold uh temperatures it's it should not be surprising if several of them die if a a particularly cold bit of wind comes through mind you that isn't really what happened here but you know well again again there are multiple stories it's not just one there's plenty of stories here the the other only told the one that i've heard I've had chickens. Chickens die. It's what they do. Yeah. Like, so, I think we've had extensive conversations about how chickens are <laughs> the best evidence that uh, evolution is not real. Uh, and and I, I oh no no we we, from, we we directed that they are very we we can have directed it all you want. There is there is they're, a threshold of necessary successful. survival. They are they highly are. successful because we allow them to be. But they are but if. They give it like this. They are very good at getting us to make more of them. Sure, but they also die. They That's die all the evolution all the cares time. about. They, all evolution they cares are... about is did you survive? Did you reproduce? And we make that happen. Make that happen a lot. Like they will step on their young. They will intentionally jump on each other. They will attack yeah. each other. Like they're they're freaking so they're goddamn dinosaurs. So there they, there are um, other things that we I wanted to get to in the document here quickly so there's the vinyl chloride is a major one everyone's heard about and talks about sure there were um four there were three other monomers that were present as well as a solvent that is commonly used for dealing with polymers um those are stabilized yada yada those all basically got burned off those basically all got burned off but what you'll also notice is that uh, there are things like propylene glycol which is a food additive uh tank breached lost most of load that is one of those things that would definitely kill off a whole lot of fish because it will replace it is it is miscible with water. So diethylene glycol, unknown amount of product in car, that means a lot of it leaked out. Um, so let's see, blah blah blah. There is a petroleum lube oil, um, double compound car, both breached, entire load lost. Tank breached for, for the next one. Tank breached, lost most of load. Next one. Flame impinging may have had small leak. That means it leaked. Next one, flame impinged, small leak. It, so it, it, but it was leaking from fittings. They have unknown amount left in tank. Like so, these these other things leaked. Like 
like the the vinyl chloride, the the monomer tanks were fairly well contained. So then here, well, here's a good example of one that wasn't butyl acrylates. So that is a monomer uh, for a, a polybutyl acrylate. Uh, head breached, lost entire load, so spill and fire. So it's likely that a lot of it burned off, but some of it probably made it into the ground or into the uh, nearby stream. Um, blah blah. Let's see. Where is uh, so? Uh, um, no sign of breach like for that one. Blah blah. But then we have uh, the so other, another uh, one I want to make clear on this one is that there was PVC that was being transported as well, and as well as polyethylene and some other things. Uh, so, so when it says polyvinyl, for example, inside a hopper car, so burned or actively burning. So, vinyl chloride is the monomer for polyvinyl chloride, which is PVC plastic, which is the main component of those white PVC pipes you see all over the place. The other component being a bit of uh, dirt, basically, uh, white dirt. Uh, it's usually like calcium carbonate or whatever. But that's that's largely irrelevant. The point is that the the monomer is not the polymer. And while the polymer was also being transported, so a lot of people were confusing the monomer and the polymer, and, and, and that's fine. You know, I, I get it. People aren't going to know all you know all the details here, which is is what it is. But you know the the PVC is not something that can flow. And if it was burned off, it's it's a plastic. It's like an office fire. It's very very hot. Uh, it's basically what, it's very very hot, and it produces a lot of black smoke. But Certainly point does. here is that point here is that the a lot of the stuff that was of worry was either contained or mostly contained, and was then promptly burned off, and it is reacting. It it would react away within a day or two, and the byproducts of that. Are basically very good food for a lot of microflora. Uh, so a lot of bacteria had a very good um, a very good uh, uh, time chowing down. These these are bacteria that live on the order of 20 minutes for their entire life cycle. So they're munching away at the uh, the uh, for instance the chloroacetic acid that gets produced. Now that one is not nearly as nasty as vinyl chloride, but it's still not a very good thing to have around. And things like groundwater, but the good thing is bacteria will eat that, and it will go away. As well as the uh, short chain oligomers. So the, uh, you know, when you have like somewhere between three and five monomers glued together, like those are short chain oligomers of a polymer, and those are also digested readily by bacteria. So the stuff that went into the ground, you know, artesian wells start at 80 feet down and extend down. Uh, you know, depending on who, manu who uh, installed it, will go down as far as like 120 feet. So as long as you have good wells in the area, and they do, then the well water is fine. Uh, 80 feet is a very long distance is for something that's as reactive as a let's, monomer. Let's also just go ahead and kind of throw a caveat on there of we really do need to wait for the EPA to run tests so that we know these things yes. for certain. Please, please. I, I, would, I would recommend waiting for someone to come in and do tests. But Absolutely. that is actually going to happen now because the, the bad orange man said he'd be showing up. So, you know. <laughs> Good. Uh, they should have fucking done that on day one. Yeah. Uh, they should, like, just to have a background so that they know if something shows up, what to compare it against. That would have been smart. As a matter of fact, that's, again, that's something that's been brought up by people in emergency services yeah. is to actually, if you're in the area at all, go get, get a samples. physical now get a physical now yeah. so that you have a baseline 
because yeah, because we're actually, actually get a bottle of water and get, get a get a bottle and get a, a bottle of water out of your tap and mark and write down the date and time on it shit indeed. like that Indeed, All very dude. important. You know, because, write your caps uh, we're, for about we're starting minutes to see first. some things happen. There's a lot of people that are speaking about a rash that people in kind of the uh, more immediate area so that, are starting to show. So I would leave that leave that up to the doctors. Well, we'll have to, to see report, what that is, and then for medical scientists to then do a meta analysis on because let us make note not ethical make, medical scientists to make a determination on. I put it like this: the data should be published publicly. Yes. What the aggregate results are for a, a, a the incidence of common uh, common malady in the area. Definitely. So if so, instead of putting the idea into people's heads, as we talked about earlier, being a bad thing, like there's a rash in the area and everybody going to the doctor with a rash, instead of doing that, what we should do is monitor sufficiently and publish the data so that people know what was going on. That's you don't want to create a feedback loop of, of paranoid, you know, craziness here. You really don't want to do that kind of shit. That is torture to a group of people. It is it is unwarranted and this is the same like the whole politicization of this kind of shit is already bad enough. Like this would it you really say, doesn't need to feedback say, though, into previous paranoias. Would you say that it's on par with offering only $1,000 to people to shut up and go away forever with a legally binding argument? You see, that's interesting because I already mentioned that before, uh, where I think the $25,000 they offered before, which was only half of that per person, uh, $500, that was a fucking insult. That was one of the, the biggest travesties beyond the lube oil being dumped into the water. Um, and so, like, farmers downstream... So, so this stuff will basically degrade or adsorb onto surfaces before it reaches the Mississippi... Uh, river watershed, which is good news, and the vast majority of the Ohio River watershed is fine. Not even going to see the oil come down because it'll get absorbed onto surfaces, etc. But the dilution that occurs is from the point of spill to the flow front. We actually we discussed this briefly last night uh, uh, on private, son. You know, not unfortunately not recorded because it probably sounded a little bit smarter then. Uh, no worries. But the the, the, the yeah, but, but the, the because because it's laminar, roughly laminar flow and most you know, on bulk, it, it is turbulent in the middle, but like towards the edges it's it's more or less laminar. The uh, the stuff is gonna kinda stick to the sides and to the surface at the bottom and it'll it'll dilute across the entire flow volume from point of spill to flow front of this, you know, the the supposed chemical plume here. Well I, okay, I say supposed, I mean the the so called. Um, it is a plume. Of, it is a chemical plume. Uh, just that—that's what everybody's calling it—is the plume. So from that point all the way back to the spill site, it is diluting through that entire volume of water, and that volume only increases over time. So the uh, the good news is is that regardless of how bad it was before, it is better with every second right now. So it is. It is. It'll be diluted out and spread out, and it's not going to be like the this horrible thing in that one spit in that one spot. So the people that are in East Palestine, they've got some issues. But uh, as I likened it before, this is something that's more akin to a bad forest fire. Uh, the ecology will come back. Uh, first growth forest takes around a decade uh, to be com- like completely resolved. Kind of comes back, uh, and second growth takes a couple decades after that. 
And so what that means is that in like 30 odd years, a person who does forest ecology for a living, uh, so uh, forest management, that kind of stuff, should be able to show up there at, uh, and talk with their biologist buddies and not notice a difference in the, uh, the flora and fauna diversity in the area. So after about five or, five or so years, five to ten years, a uh, layperson who's coming through visiting probably shouldn't know that there was anything major that happened. In terms of the, the uh, plant life, which is certainly going to be dying off, and other wildlife. Um, so it's going to look like shit for a little bit, but it's going to come right back. Um, that's that's all good news. So all these Chernobyl comparisons, for example, are wildly out of scope. Chernobyl is a disaster that is still ongoing and will not be done for about 10,000 years. Mm. Yeah. East Palestine has got to be done within a couple of years here. Yeah, the I guess you could say the uh, the initial scope of both disasters is fairly similar, but the duration no, is not at all. wildly different. There, the 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 uh, the initial is scary and all, but Chernobyl is is a different scale of bad from start to end. There's just it really is a bad comparison. Well, the no, no, no. The fact that Chernobyl wasn't really that bad, but aside from that, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I'm saying here. It's like it is bad, but it seems to have all gotten contained in the way that it, not in necessarily the best ways, but in effective ways. Well, I put it like this: there's no way to burn off the elephant's foot right now in a safe manner. We could throw it in a thorium reactor, man. I mean, like you're not you're you're just not physically going to get that close to it, and then oh no, you would you would actually die before you'd get close enough to do anything with it. So so Uh, like that's now, and Chernobyl happened decades ago. So like my point here is that here's a good comparison: Chernobyl happened decades ago. By now, you would not be able to tell a difference in the wildlife for uh, where East Palestine is. There, it would have all recovered by now. This many decades out, be completely recovered. You wouldn't notice any difference. Okay. Now, the people that got exposures in the area to things like vinyl chloride in the air, those people might have to. The, I would, I would highly recommend. You know, getting a physical now, excellent idea. But I would also be going back and getting uh, routine checks for things like cancer for the next, you know, every about every, every six months to, uh, starting off early and then about every five years thereafter once you get a, a couple years of that under your belt just to make sure that your, you know, early detection's possible. Uh, you know, you don't need to be paranoid, paranoid about it, but because there were air exposures, uh, some of the stuff did leak out before they got it contained and then sent it off to a pit to burn off. Uh, because of that, so there, there was a uh, die-off in the creek right there uh, of fish before they even got to the point where they decided to do any of the burning. Uh, because there was that kind of environmental exposure, I would be... It is is worthwhile to stick uh, to a schedule with, you know, decide with your doctor, of course, uh, for monitoring this stuff. Um, because that, like, when it burns off or when it reacts away, the vinyl chloride's major risks are neutralized, but when it's hanging out in the air and you're it's you're within like an hour of the spill, yeah, you should be concerned. And that's the people that were in East Palestine, you know, maybe like the surrounding five or, or ten miles. That area, you might have gotten 
some exposure outside of five miles. Probably not a major exposure. If you got your your nose is pretty sensitive to these monomers, uh, they they tend to be very powerful irritants. They piss off your lacrimatory glands as well. So you could so, theoretically smell them over the smell of uh, burine in New York City. Yes, actually, true. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, but it's also very much not likely uh, that distance. You just is it isn't going to live that long in the air. Again, very reactive stuff. One that knows. double bond wants to break. So, um, again, though, like within you know the first hour, within five miles, if you got like, if the if the smell of it was overpowering, you might go ahead and get your ass to your doctor and start setting up a schedule to do routine checks for the kinds of cancers that are associated with that. Uh, I would you know, lung cancer is probably going to be one of the ones to look out for because lung contact is basically how you get it in there, but then a couple other kinds of cancer that would be involved. But this is because the monomer would not have reacted by then. If this is, this is the actual vinyl chloride exposure, which is bad. Um, and just also to know, the, there was benzene on there, but uh, apparently the containers were unbreached. Yeah, no breaches. I uh, don't know if that was involved in the burn-off. That, would, that could explain a little it, bit more of the... It uh, does not say the that, actually. So, so that if that was burned up, so this, this again, this manifest, this is the re- initial response by the company to the EPA when they came to them and said, "Hey, you guys fucked up." They went, "Okay, here's the manifest." Uh, this was like within a day or so of the uh, the incident. So this is not like the latest manifest. This is just the one that they turned over to the EPA immediately, so that the EPA could tell the uh, the country that they've done something. Yeah, there. This which, might not be entirely accurate, but this is. This is the most up-to-date information that's available from the it, EPA. It fits. It all fits with what I've seen in the fallout of this whole incident. Um, you know the 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 different materials that were spilled that they report being have been spilled, uh, and the different materials that were not spilled according to them and were involved in say the burn off. It all makes sense. It's, you know, with the videos people have been putting out of uh, of seeing the oil slicks and then breaking them and watching all the funny colors happen. That lube oil, 100%. So lube oils are, are uh, uh, low-density, uh, low-weight oils. So they are, um, they're not like your heavy engine oils. Uh, so those are going to sit on top of the water and free flow around very easily. Um, again, the, like, like, it all fits pretty well with the story that's, that's uh, been presented to the public and from what people have been able to see. Now, things like arresting journalists, uh, that is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's uh, beyond a bridge like, too uh, things like Things like strong-arming to get people to sign a, uh, a release of liability shouldn't fucking be doing that. Uh, offering the cool sum of, what was it you told me last night, a million dollars or whatever? No, it was a thousand. Every time... Uh, no, uh, I mean, oh no 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 no! Let me uh, let me that put that in. That was what they set aside, yeah, let right? me put that in context. You see, right. the good, the fine people at Norfolk Southern Rail, they have just in the just like out of the kindness of their heart, they have set aside. Well, as I said last night, a kingly, a grand total, a, a, a monstrously, uh, just a breathtaking and staggering amount of money. An actual. A whole million dollars. So, 
and obviously I'm not going to be the one who has any kind of major input here, but you know, one can hope. My my suspicion of what should be going on at the at the outset here is that they sh the uh, the company should be ordered to set aside through formation of a fund uh, the um, the amount of uh, the amount of money that is uh, greater than or equal to the actuarial cost of the entire town, basically. Uh, so about two hundred grand a person in terms of the overall liability. I mean, you can you can prorate that by age. Yeah, uh, you've got to figure you basically got to buy now. all the houses in that town. Long well, like let's no. The, so the the average cost of a human life by actuarial table is roughly on the order of two hundred thousand dollars. It's a little bit less than that. That's basically how much a person considers their life worth versus uh, what a company would consider their life worth. That's around what it is. is about two hundred, a little under two hundred grand. So, if for every person in the affected area, within you know, get out your bullseye map and figure out exactly how far the plume went, um, where it was still toxic, you know, pick out the population in that area. They should be ordered to basically set aside a fund that would, and, you know, and you can. You can determine by proration against their total lifespan, as well as the, uh, the expectation for the um, uh, the health hazards that were they were exposed to. You can you can. This is all actuarial math that can be done. These numbers are calculatable, and they should be told to set aside at least that much money. You know, round it up to make it a nice even number and make everyone happy or whatever. That kind of shit. Just like they have enough capital and they have enough they have insurance they have enough liability uh, 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 um, what the fuck's the word for it uh, they can they basically can leverage debts if they have to oh yeah to make this kind of shit happen well they have the ability to, they just they have the ability to got carve some out this really one. really nice contracts forced on well, their again, workers basically from I'm the saying to make a fund Again, the point here is to make a fund, and a fund doesn't have to be doled out instantly, and it can accrue value. Sure. So a managed fund, a trust, if you will, that is solely designed to uh, dole out cash to the directly impacted people. So this is a finite number of people that are directly calculatable for their, the values that could be associated with them. You know... The, this is not something you need them to sign a release for. And you could easily say, okay, we have this fund now. If you sue us, then you are uh, uh, giving up the ability for this fund to be doled out to you under the circumstances we already said. You know, maybe that's something a lawsuit could tap into later anyway. You know, say sure. they got sued, they say, okay, well... This well, we is how much this money were... for this incident anyway. So there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like, this is all stuff that they can, like you can. This is something you can commission from an actuary or you know a, a company that does this bit for uh, a living. This is stuff that does happen routinely. Uh, the the calculations anyway. Um, setting aside like a, a million dollars is clearly bullshit. Yeah. Just there's we know that is something that is is. That's five people from from birth to death, uh, average lifespan for actuarial accountant. Like that's that's basically five people. Yeah, I mean, if you wanna if you wanna do the cold hard numbers and just get as dark as you fucking can, yeah, that's five people. It, again, like if if you want to, like you can you can start prorating things by age, blah blah blah. But if you just say say okay, what's the biggest number that we should that they should definitely set aside? 
take the population in the area affected, multiply it by $200,000. That's basically like around the number that they should be yeah, that, your Yeah, that's your uh, table napkin math right there. Exactly. Yeah, this, this is this should be too large. In in if I was in that company, I would be putting that in the budget yesterday. Well, yeah, they, saying, they should have got that number whole... and then offered one zero less than that. So so the and everybody uh, would be like, well, I don't know if that's quite enough. Now the flip on that start. from the company, the flip on that from the company's perspective is that I would have already like I would have already said, okay, this is the hole in our budget that's gonna that's over the horizon here. Yep. Uh, because this basically also would include things like lawsuits. You know, you can start doing your stochastics here for who's going to sue versus who's going to die before they can sue, or who's going to not give a shit and move out of the area, and then whatever the hell happens to them happens to them. And you know, maybe it'll be a Facebook story later, but who cares? Um, you know, take all your different outcomes here. At some point, you know, they're going to end up getting uh, a, a nice a law guy at their door with a knocking, saying, "Hey, uh, you owe." already you know and you're going to court to owe more so if i was if i was in the company and i was designing that i was uh, scheduling that budget up i would say okay this is definitely what we should be setting aside now and if it if we don't have this shortfall you know if we get lucky and this never ends up being paid out fantastic but the idea that they're going to go in there and start getting people to sign a release for a thousand fucking dollars like that's just so that's some of the scummiest. So out of line. That's scummier than the fucking oil slick on the top of the water. Oh, by, by far. <laughs> I mean, I just, what's going to end up happening is the yeah. the EPA or the government's going to step in and tell state exactly Eventually. what they're going to have to owe. And it's probably going to be some number way less than that. Personally, yeah. I, you know, I, I think that there's some insurance claims to be made, but I don't think they're going to owe a whole lot of money. Um, you know, I, I, I property values will be lower and cheaper in that area, and that's For like the, yeah. But I don't think uh, I don't think you need to buy out the whole town, right? This is oh, this no. is a no, not a actually, but I mean that's that's the kind of calculation you need to be doing initially i well, uh, yeah but i i think that, that it'll end up being a lot less right so so the, the hard part that you have right now is you have a bunch of histrionics right there's a yeah. lot of people wringing their hands and proclaiming the end is nigh about this thing and uh it, in reality it, it's it's going to be relatively mild right that's not to say that you know you're not going to have increased cancer risks or things like that that, well, that does exist but it's going to be relatively small. Big picture, and, I would say you're right about being mild. Small picture in the immediate vicinity of that crash, that town. Those are the people that have a right to be histrionic right now. Yeah. Insofar oh, as insofar as they absolutely. should be alarmed. Yeah. Every they, one of these again, dangers that is basically thrown out there for everyone to be facing is a very real danger for the people that are in the immediate area of the effect of this. But but only like in terms of like the 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 has the hazardous exposure they've been given that risk the groundwater not they shouldn't be histrionic about that they should get the epa in there to check it you know they should be taking samples with used water bottles every so often to, to make sure that they can hand something off to a person like I, if i was living there i would be i would have a closet full of water bottles already dates on them just like because that that is a lot of sample like volume for a researcher to get their hands on later. And you saw what happened up in Flint. 
and actually the um, the, re the response to that, the lab uh, work that was done to check the lead levels and so on in Flint was done in Virginia Tech, um, not that far from where I was working at the time. So, like, it's this is these kind of collections matter. If you can, if you are, if you're systematically collecting these kind of samples and you can hand them off to a researcher later, the research they publish can come back to do things like help with lawsuits for you know major claims, and it can also help with uh, with research that needs to be conducted by organizations like the state and national EPAs. Well, at the very least, I mean, if you if you're anywhere near the area doing this is it's going to be good data for the people that actually It'll give help. a fuck One way or the other, like, whether they give a fuck about yeah. you or whether they give a fuck about the results or whether they give a fuck about the money this is the data that is necessary to come to conclusions about every, what's every really side happened. of it every side of this is going to want to get that kind of data you know the company to cover ass the epa to go after them in the name of of the people that they don't give a fuck about the people who are going to be uh, actually, do, you know, people who actually do give a shit that are in, like doing advocacy or whatever, they're going to want to have this to hand off to a scientist to be able to just kind of run through it and publish a report. There's there's a piece for everyone in, in getting those kind of samples maintained. Yeah. I'll come back in a good way. It's basically the end of that. Yeah, it's good data to have, basically. And uh... yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and also, yeah, uh, on a related point, <clears throat> uh, today, if I'm not mistaken, actually, it would have been before, it would have been, I think, last year, the XL pipeline would have been completed, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> now, yeah, we, we uh, I believe we had a stream where we celebrated that day. Yeah, I think we did. I think we did. So, uh, <laughs> it would have been carrying 830,000 barrels of Canadian oil a day, uh, which, of course, that would require... Um, 13 whole train loads uh, that'd be 1276 rail trackers uh, loaded and as we have now all learned because we have learned so very much all of us in the recent times that there are an average of 4.5 train derailments every single day well if we could take 13 of those train loads just off of there well boy wow that might actually help. well so so here's here's something that should be made clear about that a derailment is when the car wheel comes. Yeah, off it's the when rail. the train is off the rails. It's it's not it's, necessarily. It is not as it's not a catastrophic, catastrophic accident or the one that happens. It's as, it's as little as it's it, it includes things like a train switch, you know, a Y in the track, uh, fucking up a little bit, and one of the cars traveling down both of them at the same time and then getting stuck. You know, that's as little that's as hard to fix as backing up and going forward again. So. Things like that are also derailments, and yes, that shit happens all the time. We have a lot of rail in this country. It's like it's like being surprised at the number of car accidents that happen every day. Which, again, you know, the pipeline is a fantastic answer to a lot of this. But uh, hmm. fuck the economy, I guess. Well, yeah. Don't you know? It's almost like it was all on purpose. But you know what? What yeah. do I know? Well, what I think is is crazy. Like, I mean, again, it's. I think it's largely a media frequency bias. You know, people, ba and, you know, in an attention bias. 
this was quite a significant event. Um, and therefore, it brought the microscope onto all the other events that are happening. And lo and behold, there were some other crazy ones. One that caught my eye recently was the uh, the the, uh, the tank car uh, being driven by a semi down the highway full of nitric acid that tipped over and leaked. Oh yeah, not uh, a few days later. Bad juju. <laughs> Very bad juju. <laughs> I mean, the thing is that this stuff does happen sure. all yeah. the time. Like it really does happen all the time. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah, hey, we so so for those who don't know, here let me actually go pull up a link. There is actually a whole guidebook on how to deal with these things. Yeah. Uh, because it happens all the time. Step there are one, entire companies panic. whose sole job is this stuff. And if anybody wants to go pull the emergency response guidebook, uh, they are pretty cheap. They are like nine bucks, ten bucks a piece. And here is a link to that. Uh, it contains different <clears throat> chemical information. I should probably, yeah, I'll just leave the staff chat. Okay, uh, I'll put that in the uh, show links for everybody. Yeah. But if anybody's interested, that will actually walk you through. Like, if you've ever done uh, OSHA Haswhopper, uh, you will be familiar with this book. And it is it is basically like, what do you have to do in an emergency response? Why is it that they have an emergency response info for pretty much every chemical that's known to man? Because every chemical that's known to man has spilled or is likely to spill. Spills happen all the time. Things uh, it, Typically, like, this is a large one. That's that's yes. definitely true. But this this stuff happens. Accidents happen. You know, I've been on in my lifetime and traveling across the country. I've seen tractor trailers flipped over. Now, some of that those tractor trailers get they get flipped over and and like across the entire road, right? Like not not a little bit, but they jackknife and the trailer flips. And sure. That's the way it is. Um, it, it is not a. It is not. A, yeah, some of that stuff's going to be my Amazon packages and whatever it is, and some of that stuff's going to be chemicals, and some of that stuff's going to be you know milk and cheese, right? So like, I'm waiting nice. for is the I'm waiting for the CSB report that's going to come out of this because I know for damn sure they're going to publish one. Uh, if they don't, then that's that's disgusting. Utter utilization sure of resources. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I'm though. sure they will. But here's the here's the CSB um, reports page where you, anybody who's interested in listening. Um, so actually, the the T2 explosion down in Florida that happened what, uh, involved a former student of the uh, the uh, department director at the time when I was at UF. Uh, guy actually, I grew up with his son. Um, very nice guy, but he he actually he he taught he uh one of the one of his proteges was a uh, a guy that was involved in the T two accident, uh, which involved a uh, um uh, a fuel additive uh, preparation. The uh, the CSTR basically detonated and uh, sent chunks of like half a foot thick steel, big big chunks of it two miles through the air to land on the highway. Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah, it was not a small explosion. It was very, uh, very much not a, um, it was not subtle. And speaking of, there was another one of those that actually just occurred today in, uh, right. Was that was Illinois or Detroit perhaps? So these kind of things are what the CSB covers and the reports are very good because they include a root cause analysis that gets you down to the, the, 
actual chain of events and the possible chains of events that lean lead up to the uh, the um, the failures uh, causing the accident. Fucking poor bastards. But yeah, uh, one fatality and thirteen in the hospital after uh, that explosion at the Ohio Metal Factory earlier today. Just as an so an, an example of so the very the, the last report on the list here. You know, in this it takes them time to write these reports, so you don't expect them immediately. But the last one on the list here from a uh, incident the in most recent of last year is the twenty third of December. Yeah. So the. Um, uh, 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 an incident from September 20th of last year uh, involving a chemical release and a fire uh, at BP. So these kind of these investigations are done, and this is a government agency uh, run, and the chemicals industry is very interested in finding out what these root causes are and getting these analyses done whenever there's an incident. So these guys get wide latitude when they come in to do an investigation. Well, the long uh, and short of that too is every single time this shit happens, that's like um, this is going to be incredibly cold, but that's just the way it is. This is all lost product. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is shit that could have made something else and been sold to someone. Well, it's actually a uh, um, it's a reason why the immediate calls for why are we even transporting this stuff are annoying to a certain degree. I mean, they're, they're, it's a rational question, and the problem is that it has a very easy answer that is ignored entirely because people are frustrated. And I get the frustration, but, you know, it, it's like it's it's like punching a wall that you're that in your own house. You have to patch the fucker afterwards. Why, did you just, why didn't you just yell or something? So, um... The PVC, the the PVC that you enjoy all of the water flowing through your house with, is made with vinyl chloride. And the problem is, uh, you know, with not transporting it is that you have to then vertically integrate one at the company. So the company would have to would have to move from selling specialty chemicals or bulk um, industrial uh, feedstocks like vinyl chloride to selling all of the different products that vinyl chloride becomes. PVC is a major one, but it's not the only one. There's a lot of other products that vinyl chloride becomes. So it has to get from point A to point B somehow. And if you look at the number of car accidents versus the number of train accidents, trains are a hell of a lot safer. So the answer can't be carting them around on trucks. And it's also equally infeasible to make a different pipeline for every different chemical. So the the annoying thing here is that trains are basically the best way to send these materials around to different places. And yes, well, you could like make them closer. True. If the trains had nuclear reactors, then they would okay. be the way we could send them. True. Okay, okay. In terms of in terms of safety in general, it's still way safer to, to send it by train than it is by truck. Yep. And, and it's that's just the way it is. And you, sure, you could make these different locations closer together. You, I mean, I guess you could find a way to legislate that, but that'd be like a, a government telling you where your neighborhood has to be in relation to, say, your school. The, that's all. The, there's you know. there's there's other issues here, right? Like so so there is uh, there's economies of scale at play, right? Sure. Um, if you are only using a little dab of this, if you're using one tanker truck of this chemical every 
month or whatever then you know maybe it's probably not worth you building an entire facility for that because actually what what people would be very surprised at is how cheap most chemicals are yeah. um you know when we we start talking about tonnage vehicles uh it, it is it is more more expensive to throw stuff away than it is to buy new stuff well here's a good uh, example the the polyethylene the polyethylene that is used that was actually in one of the cars in there in a hopper car that stuff, uh, as of a few years ago, was less than eighty-eight cents a pound. Yep. Dirt cheap. So, so, so you have you have these things that are going to be, you know, a tanker truck of that stuff is going to be like ten thousand dollars, and you're going to be like, oh, right. ten thousand dollars—that's a lot of money, or twenty thousand dollars, or whatever, right? The shipping is is going to be comparable in some cases to the amount that is shipped, uh, or significant to that, you know. Uh, we were looking as a, as an example. We were looking at se- uh, some something like seventy two storm sewer covers. Uh, it was going to be thirty thousand dollars for <laughs> seventy two storm stormwater covers. Like it, it is astounding when you get to start talking about scales, how cheap it is, and it becomes like one of the better things to do would be to have your own chemical plant that produces your own feedstock. But realistically, sure. by the time you start talking about, hey, I'm going to go produce this off of this plant and do this feedstock, that, then I'm going to get there. Um, it's it's just not particularly – it's just not really cost-effective. Uh, and then no. on top of that, you have to go do all the compliance stuff associated with producing that line, and there's just not really a lot of value in doing that. So, yeah, there's a risk that bad things are going to happen, and bad things are going to happen. But we can't be afraid of bad things happening uh, being the cause of shutting down the entire economy just because we don't want to have, you know. Well, this kind of ties into uh, some similar themes that we talk about elsewhere. You know, we're not willing to to give up our rights to self-defense just because some people are incredibly shitty and do terrible things with those same tools. Hmm. You know, better dangerous freedom than slavery. Yeah. Always. I mean, by by way of these things, we are able to make truly astounding things and better technologies and better tools. Yep. And they're, the things that we can do now, very, very... We drive in cars every day that have a tank full of literally explosive liquid, and it's nothing. Even when they crash... At retarded speeds. Generally, no explosions. Yep. And now, part of that is due to the fact that those tanks are are made like armored vehicles of their own right. Uh, that uh, you get thirty percent glass filled, thirty weight percent glass filled uh, nylon is a major layer of it, as well as polyethylene um, and. Uh, oh, I'm just um, talking about cars uh, and gasoline. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the tank, the gas tank in a car. For the longest time, is, I mean, they are getting more complicated very, now, but only just. So, so this the uh, the usage of uh, glass-filled nylon began around the 70s. Uh, it became completely mainstream mid 80s, and it hasn't dropped since. Uh, polyamides are being really? uh, used. So, I mean, polyamide well, it's nylon basically, but like. Nylon 6.6 six, uh, is a big one. Nylon 6.10 also. Oh, um, line in the tank? The, 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 what? Also, part of the issue is that polyethylene is permeable to oil. 
uh, and ga- so gasoline as well. Uh, and you don't want your gas to be pouring out the size of your closed and supposedly sealed gas tank. So uh, first they started doing nylon liners just to see if that would keep the gas inside, which it did, um, so that you could avoid having such a thick tank. And then, of course, because that worked well and nylon's a tough material, they started using glass fields to make it tougher so it would stand impacts better uh, while still not cracking. And uh, there's like seven or eight different layers of polymer that are involved in making a gas tank, just to be blunt about it. Like that's the end result is there's like seven or eight layers. There's five layers in a ketchup bottle. So sure. the, the sheets that are extruded out in most of the cars that I see, it's metal gas tanks. That's the outside. Oh, okay. So what? There's uh, another the, interior. The interior is oh, okay. entirely plastic lined. Yeah. Huh. Well, it goes to show you, aftermarket does not do things the same as uh, factory. Nope. So the yeah the uh, the the there's like. You know, seven or eight different layers for um, for gas tanks. Just a ketchup bottle has five layers to it uh, for different types of uh, of uh, different types of gas barriers as well as um, uh, uh, moisture barrier. Which it's, you'll it's occasionally notice plastics, that but... actually in uh, in your squeeze yeah. bottles as the layers delaminate every now and then, yeah. and they make a weird squeaky sound whenever you. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, squeeze on it. You you can literally see this yourself on occasion. Also, but you also in, uh, notice that models. it looks perfectly clear. Yeah, it will. It will. It'll have just a bit of a haze, kind of, from where they're not. So yeah, they do anymore. that. They do that with even things like ketchup bottles. They they do more layers for things, and again, it's it's to do different kinds of things for the uh, uh, contents, hmm. different kinds of protection for leakage and. And uh, uh, also absorption from outside of the tank. You don't want stuff to absorb into the plastic and then show up inside your gas. Like, you don't want water in your gasoline. Things like that. Right. When uh, and, and these monomers, for example, that are being carted around on the rail, I mean, they make these kind of plastics uh, that are used to do... Th- I mean, it's... It sucks that it's such a, a striking example of how bad things can go. Uh, it was handled better than people are giving it credit for. Certain agencies need to get up off their fucking ass and get shit done pronto to make it like to, to finish, you know, finish strong here. Well, by doing if the right I'm, uh, thing. if I'm reading you right, it sounds like what you're telling me here is the people that handled the emergency response did the best they could, and the best they could was actually not terrible. Yeah, so they did the right thing by burning off. They did the <laughs> right thing by draining out to do the burn off, uh, and and they did the right thing by reporting. Uh, the results back to state and federal level. The state and federal level, EPAs in particular, but there's other other components. For instance, CSB, I'm sure, has got investigators in already. Like they've got to be, they've got to be doing their due diligence here. Um, you know, the the state EPA is probably going to be stepping in a little bit sooner than later, uh, at least for relief efforts. For fuck's sake, FEMA should have like should have been there immediately. But by now, needs to be there. And the excuse they gave, the excuse FEMA gave, was that they didn't have the money. To, they couldn't pay for it. It would be too expensive. The whole fucking point of FEMA is that cost is not the objective. Yeah, It's, it's getting uh, people 
relief from disaster. Yeah, emergency management. I don't understand <laughs> what. I don't like the budget is 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 a concern for the federal government, not for the people that you're helping when it comes to FEMA. If you can help out an entire area hit by a hurricane, you can help out one little piddly town in the middle of Ohio. Like, I, think... I don't get how that excuse computed in the peon who typed that shit out. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's... I can understand how it's a little bit difficult, right? I'm sure that FEMA has resources in certain areas because of the probability of events in those areas. Sure. And something in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, like, is a low probability event. Look, I get that they might not have had the resources immediately on hand, but you can do a couple things. You can get a representative on site immediately, to, especially to do assess how bad it really is. And you can mobilize the resources necessary because it has been a lot longer than a couple days here. Yeah. They had, they've had well over We're enough time to get two weeks. Needed. Like I, like it's for instance, Flint, Michigan was getting daily shipments of water bottles for all the residents in the area for months. Yeah. Yeah. They're, and again, I think the water's fine, but would I bet on it right now and just take a cup of water and chug it? No, I would wait for someone to get in there and measure it just to make sure. And that means they could do things like the same shit they did in Flint where they shipped in water for people to drink. It's the basics. The, it's, it's these these simple simple little details. Human like, decency natu- as it were. Well, for example, I have, and, and, and I, it's perfectly fine if I guess that they haven't been, and I don't know because I haven't followed up close enough on the story. But like, were the National Guard brought in to help hand out emergency supplies? Or oh, what no, have you? no, no, none of that, none of that. No, of course not. And then you have to ask the question: Why the fuck not? Well, you know, I mean, they've, you know, there's the Capitol. It's got to be guarded. You know. You, you gotta have your priorities. Yeah, the, by the people who aren't gonna be at the Capitol because the National Guard is distributed until called upon. Um, it, it, it's you know what I'm it's saying. Something that it, it boggles it boggles the mind that they haven't been taking care of this. And like, and again, say the National Guard stepped in and it should have been FEMA. Then where the fuck is FEMA? Why didn't no, they? I, show I do them? think okay, though, just to be completely honest in that, I do think the Ohio National Guard was mobilized, but... Well, that would be the National Guard. But that, you know, that's not... I don't think that's exactly what you meant, because, I mean, that's... The National Guard... No, I meant the National Guard, because uh, if if that's a state-level... It's a state-level military component. Right. The National Guard operates on on our soil. Right. Our federal army does not. So the National Guard is the Ohio National Guard, and they should. I, I was asking, have they been called in? And again, if they haven't been, why the fuck weren't they called in? Because that is exactly the kind of disaster they are meant to be helping with. And again, if FEMA is the one that's supposed to be there, until they show up, where the fuck are they? And when they do show up, they can say, okay, we're going to take over now. Thank you guys for doing your job. You can all go home and get your, you know, you spend a week or whatever fix, fixing this shit for us. We'll take over for now. It's 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 one of those things where like yeah you can rag on Biden for for oh. not sending FEMA, oh. but what oh. you really need to be ragging on him for is still not sending FEMA. Like if he at least sends them, 
then the problem, like, you know, you can be annoyed with the initial response, but at least they're there. The fact that they're still not there is a major fuck-up. Okay. Uh, looks like there were uh, National Guardsmen on place okay. February That's 6th by noon. Good. Uh, they right. reached out to other uh, regional National Guardsmen and out of Charleston, West Virginia. Looks like the uh, West Virginia National Guard's 35th Civil Support Team was deployed. And okay. it looks like those were the two initial uh, National Guard respondents to the issue. And that would so have been also... on the day of. Okay, good. This is also a typical thing for the Army Corps of Engineers to come in and consult with. Um, little things like, for instance, uh, getting the rail back in working order so that they can get the trail, the rail cars that they can out of there. Well, that, and clear up that the and, um, uh, I, I don't know what the fucking term is, but, uh, getting all the fucking, uh, all the runoff and all of that, uh, yeah. pools, building pools for those and that sort of thing. Yes. So retention ponds. Yes. Uh, thank or, you. Or, yeah. Uh, so I okay, say so good. So the thing. So I, I just I recall that the the uh, the governor was was being equally dumb uh, to Biden. So the, getting the National Guard on site like that is was good. Yeah, it looks Again, like well, as federal it, support. Where is it? Yeah, that's that's the thing that's been utterly lacking. I mean, uh, well, let's look at it this way. Biden thought it safer to fly to. Uh, to Kiev than to visit East Palestine. Well, that's Here's the thing. I don't give a fuck about weapons. him visiting. He doesn't need a visit. All he needs to do is send people there that can help. Like, it doesn't need to be a photo op. I mean, it would be great if he treated it as a photo op. That way they'd actually fucking get there and do their job. Well, no worries. Like, there, there's somebody going. Like, they, they, don't need, they don't need a handshake from the president. They need FEMA. Yeah. So... He can go to Kiev. I, I mean, don't if, care about like you know. I care about that separately, well, but like yeah, that's the, not the important. The part. long and short is they need money. They need money and they need water to drink. For at least the next little need, bit here, you know, food, food supplies, temporary shelter. If any of the uh, <clears throat> any of the buildings in the area have been disabled in, uh, in a manner that is not repairable, and, shit like that. Yeah, I'm. I am really not believing some of these initial, some of these initial reports on like everything in the immediate surrounding vicinity is totally fine and safe. We need some third party testing in some of that. Just to, Again, just to be safe. I mean, come on. I I, was, I strongly suspect that the water there is going to be just fine and that the ground in a lot of the area, you know, the majority of the area, certainly everywhere upstream of that incident is probably just fine. You know, the the on the accident site itself probably not going to be a great place to be for a little while. Well, as um, we had said before, it's going to be about a decade before that place is good, well, at least. The, yeah, again, the uh, the immediate site of the accident, you know, maybe that square mile. Maybe more than a square mile. For, but well, just, that, area, just saying, that, that area. That immediate that's probably area. Not a place, that's probably not a place that I would plant something and try to eat uh, whatever grew. Yeah, no. For a little while. Yeah, yeah, yes. It's our, Again, our little but the uh, groundwater high is probably zone. fine. The groundwater is probably just fine. The land will probably be fine. Like to to grow stuff in, it'll probably be fine within about a year. 
well, less than that, but like about a year. Maybe so, maybe no. But, then but that, it's not like anybody was growing crops done, next to the so, tree. You know, whatever. It's again, it's it's not like anyone was growing crops next to the rail. Well, and if like, they are, they or if they were, they. I don't aren't, think anybody you know. had their victory garden right hanging out their backyard right next to the rail tracks. Well, they they don't now anymore. Either way, if they did, so it's kind of a moot point, right? Yeah. What about an interesting fire to bring a hot dog to? I don't know. If I would taste that. <laughs> I would not taste that dog. No, thank you. Oh yeah. So speaking of natural disasters, um, there's this. Uh, there's this, uh, and pipelines. You know, there's this uh, there's this pipeline that had a disaster a few months back, where it uh, pumped out a whole bunch oh, of a uh, bunch I of gas. I wanted to say things into the I atmosphere, leave, but I also wanted to say shit about that. So you know, there's this uh, there's this this giant uh, enormous elephant in the room. The room being the Earth, and uh, everybody sees it except for uh, basically the West. As they put their fingers in their ears and go la 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 la. Biden's I, I, that motherfucker and his his admin. There is not like there has not been an admin that it's like so we had Trump who love him or hate him did more for peace in four years than our entire fucking government apparatus has done in the past several decades. Yeah, in my yep. entire lifetime, there hasn't been a president that did more to promote peace. But, like Peace, peace in the Middle East that. is not something that I thought was going to be possible in my lifetime, and that motherfucker got us to the first step of that path. And yeah. then we brought in a guy who took all of the last several decades worth of bad policy and shoved it together within the first year of his presidency. Year. And here we are on the Aren't brink of another fucking world war. Oh, we got that done before uh, before September. It didn't even take a year, man. Right. It, it, Afghanistan happened in August. So, like, it's... it's, And, I mean, the complete fucking collapse of it. You know, and us pulling out, like, retards in the dumbest way possible and leaving Americans behind. And if you'll note... the president's never supposed to do. If you'll note as well... At the time of that Afghanistan, uh, we'll just call it a withdrawal. At that time, there began a buildup of uh, troops in uh, Eastern Europe. Because somebody found out that well, you can just do whatever the fuck you want. You so those Nord Street, this, this Nord Stream 2 shit... Again, I haven't seen somebody... like if you want to, If you want to see a government that is... That has built its policy to date in this admin on the premise of fomenting a world war. Like you couldn't, it's it's hard to write such a scenario better in a way where the host country is is uh, uh, is being left wide open to attack. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, we're already seeing the feelers being sent out by China with the balloons. Oh, Which, and by the way, I saw balloons. the Goodyear message. That was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Don't shoot. All right. So, uh, speaking of balloons, it seems like we might actually have some answers to some of these uh, balloons that, unfortunately, or I should say these unidentified flying objects, that, uh, unfortunately, the government has been utterly unable 
to find, despite having spent uh, spent uh, one to two missiles apiece, uh, each of those missiles running roughly $400,000 apiece. But uh, having used those to shoot down these unidentified flying objects, it would have used the fucking 50 cals. Yeah, yeah, that would have been an option. That would have been an option, but it would appear that perhaps, maybe, just maybe, these were hobbyist balloons or ham balloons. And they're 12 30 40 50 dollars, maybe a hundred if you want to, you know, spend money on a really, really fancy one. So. Well, here's the thing. There, we, there are not ham operators hanging out in China. Oh, yeah, not talking friendly, about the giant, uh, friendly, giant white balloon. Yeah. I was say, we tracked that one from China through Alaska, through Canada, into the uh, Montana area. Mm. And it was oh, and only we have spoken about that, publicly. It was only spoken up publicly because somebody fucking spotted it. They would have allowed that fucker to go across the entire country, which they did anyway, mm-hmm. uh, unannounced. They would have let that go out across, and they would probably would have let it go on to Europe. Oh, sure enough. Sure enough. But uh, some entrepreneurial journalist went out and took a photo, and then... The establishment had to answer some uncomfortable questions. And speaking of journalists and answering uncomfortable questions, uh, I don't know if you've been following the Veritas drama. It's uh, it's incredibly dramatic. There was a coup. Uh, James. That was entertaining. Yeah, it's something else. Yeah, so uh, James O'Keefe was removed from uh, the directorship and from the board. They pulled that off. Yeah, they actually that. Yeah, the whole thing of oh, he's going on a vacation. I mean, we knew that was bullshit, <laughs> but it's actually bullshit. Like he was actually suspended without pay, and removed from Jeez. the board, and taken out of his uh, leadership role. And today well, he just right. uh, he addressed his you know fellow uh, employees there and broke Why it up. Why did he just leave the company? And in doing so, resigned. Okay. The, and, uh, and that, that was, was actually really entertaining. Oh, it's that great. Was really I'll, I'll include light. a link to that. It's it's really excellent. It's uh, like a really good, heartfelt address to like my he fellow employees. Make a new company. Make well, a new company. So, call so, it project. Actually, he has he has essentially alluded that that's his plan. Like he basically turned around and said that I will never stop on this mission. It may just continue yeah. under another name. Yeah, <laughs> but like. <laughs> I, I, did you have a chance to watch his his little spiel there? No, I, so, I, I haven't been following up with all this stuff. Well, so there's a link the in the quick, uh, in the show links to check it out, but yeah, I'll include that for the, everybody the else. The quick well. summary, the quick summary for for the TLDR for folks is basically right after they broke the Pfizer story, and they got ten times as many views as they have basically ever historically. Um, they, that was when all of these proceedings started within about a week of that happening. And in his own words, the only thing that changed was the Pfizer story. Yep. That's the only thing that, that changed. Uh, he, uh, now there is a latent accusation in this whole entire thing that he doesn't explicitly 
dive into, he left it for other people to explore, is that there is a direct connection with the Pfizer thing. And the uh, basically what ended up happening was uh, James O'Keefe wanted to keep on running things the way they had been running them, and he had a disagreement with a member of the board who wanted to change how they did fundraising. Which to me, you know, maybe they were and to the take some and that, that's that that's actually been Pfizer delved into, money. by the way. And that was that James was apparently too forward in his method of asking for funding, and they wanted to be less forward. I, I shit you not, that's actually the issue that they had because I was able so, to catch James's well, response to that. Somebody's dick complaint. was large enough to get stuck in their mouth. Then sounds yes. great. Well, it's it's going to be – I don't know. In any case, he went through the whole entire thing. He walked through basically the uh, board, turned around, and decided that the best way to handle this was to try to keep this from the donors mm-hmm. and that they just <laughs> – That never works. They'd, they'd somehow managed to keep it quiet this entire time. The entire – like the entire uh, you know Project Veritas is nothing but an expose journalist thing so sitting there and saying hey yeah we're going to keep it all quiet from everybody the likelihood that's going to happen is just ridiculous uh and then on top of that he went into some more of the details basically outlining you know anybody who's who listened to any of his previous stuff found out that all of these accusations were kind of ridiculous but he actually started sat there and brought receipts he brought uh all he actually had you know again you're talking about a guy who is an investigative journalist and has has gotten some of the biggest exposés in the last right. 13 years of anybody and somehow they thought that they could manage to to like do all this stuff without him recording every aspect of every conversation like <laughs> if you go into if you go into James O'Keefe's office at least my basic assumption would be that the plant has a microphone and a camera in it right like oh, the plant you should is just plant, assume that the fly is not a fly. <laughs> that's that's just the safer safer bet with this guy. So yeah, he he has all of this other stuff that they tried to delete, and so he's got the actual receipts, like he always does, right. and he just laid it out there for all the uh, all the reporters. Uh, he did do a, a decent yeah, job with so some dumb. of the stuff in terms of like apologizing, but a lot of it was laying out this. Basically, yeah, most of his apologies all of a sudden, too were... we were successful, and the board kicked me out. Yeah, his apologies were very reasoned too. It's like if my tone was unacceptable, or if I seemed overbearing, I want to apologize. But it wasn't. There were no apologies for anything of any consequence. It was all just like, "Hey, if I was a dick, I'm sorry." Yeah, I'm which, sorry which, if you were offended. Nothing. That's a nothing <laughs> apology. <laughs> I mean, that's a real apology to someone that's offended, but this isn't about someone that's offended. This is about, well, it's about money and power and the desire for both. And there's a lot of money that's flowing in to Project Veritas. And there are some very, very interesting connections amongst some of those board members and some of their legal team. Like, directly to Dominion voting systems, oddly enough. And I think there's a two-degree separation to Pfizer amongst uh, one of the board members, but... Well, the uh, the interesting yeah. thing in, in uh, when it came down to uh, some of this stuff was that... 
certain certain journalists were told that they'd get raises if he got kicked out. Oh yeah, that was actually um, something that he brought up in uh, in his speech that I've linked here. Is uh, and that journalist uh, linked that to him. It was like, uh, yeah, if uh, if what was the exact wording? If you're willing to stay on in a post uh, James O'Keefe Veritas, you would yeah, be entitled to yeah. pay raise or some. It was that was the. That's not the exact wording, but that was exactly what was said. Yes, indeed. So it's uh, it's some ugliness, some real, real ugliness. And the uh, the video address that has come out, he had no intention of leaking it. It was actually private, so probably one of the uh, one of the intrepid investigative journalists of Project Veritas leaked this uh, frankly damning video. I mean it. Uh, yeah, it utterly well, I mean, eviscerates and, and again, anything that like, these you should people just have. expect that. That's yeah. that's like the base level assumption you should have, because these right Veritas Veritas doesn't come into existence because a bunch of people sat down and had a really nice long discussion about it. The, the organizations like Veritas come in to existence solely because the members of those organizations are extremely motivated well speaking of extremely uh, one of their largest donors uh, grant cardone has requested all funds returned yeah and with a man a man of that kind of means can take this to court and that's not something you want to do because you're not they're already bleeding followers they're bleeding supporters they're bleeding backers the last thing they need is a a court case from an ex backer to make this whole thing blow up in the public because it's already getting bad. They've had to issue a bullshit statement, which is exactly that a bullshit statement. They've, uh, Oh, what is it? They accuse James of, uh, leaking and financial malfeasance because, uh, because he's, uh, you know, doing these, uh, PR stuff like the, like the, uh, the dance thing. Like they use that as one of the specific examples. It's like, well, actually, no that that shows that your organization has some range and at least a fucking sense of humor, as opposed to mm-hmm. CNN or something. And honestly, kind of good recruiting. It's like, oh, these guys aren't just all like hard asses all the time. Cool. You know, it's it's good advertising. It's fucking PR. But this isn't about advertising and PR. It's about money and power. And Veritas isn't about money or power. So it's a cancer to the organization, to, to put it quite simply. Well, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how they fish themselves out of this one, right? Like, that's going to be... I'll be honest. That's going to be very interesting. Well, like I said on this the last time we talked on it, you know, I think that if they'd have gone to James and said... James, I've got another vision on doing this. I want to do it another way. And I think that I can, I think I can do this as well as you. Would you help me? We'd be looking at a completely different set of events here. Uh, Maybe we would. Uh, At at the end of the day, you know, I am sure that he is very, very committed to his thing, right? Like, I, I don't know if if he would do it any other way. I don't think it would ever be Project Veritas. Well, that's, now, that's exactly what I'm saying. And, 
is that, you know, if this guy comes up and says, hey, I want to do this a different way, but, you know, I wanted to bring this to you first, you know, instead of getting fired, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to quit unless you do this, you come up to uh, a man like James and you say, hey, James, I have this idea and I want to make it real and I think it could be amazing. And is Veritas the vehicle for this? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Well, no, obviously it's not, we now know. But instead of, you know, taking the goodwill of a man like James O'Keefe and using that to launch a ship to sail the ocean, he's sunk Veritas. I'm I'm saying he. I mean, it seems it's one individual. We don't know exactly if it's one or a, a coterie of mutineers or what, but... They've uh, they've sunk a strong ship, and it seems, shall we say, suspicious. It does. It does indeed seem a little bit suspicious. Well, we've probably got you well after the pumpkining hour, uh, Craig. So, is there anything else you were wanting to go over before we uh, get off of here? Well, uh, or before we get you off of here, I've got a couple more things. <laughs> I'll go over with Steve here before we. Get no, off I'm. Night. I'm. Uh, I'm... Probably oh, I, I get have to the hour here because I'm taking care of some stuff in the bathroom just next door to the room here. So, gotcha. And I, I too, to ramble on have until to I come by. have to disappear and turn into the pumpkin. Ah, Unfortunately, enough. that is the uh, the downside of doing shit on a school night. Yeah, well, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I've got a couple of things I can go over on my own. Just a couple of uh, attached and noteworthy bits. So, I guess I'll uh, wish you fellas. A good night and just uh, finish up with the news and uh, call it a night myself. So um, you can find my man Craig here at CraigBob99, all places. Uh, it will autocomplete, except not in TweetDeck. Uh, classic, probably in TweetDeck Modern. Uh, you can find Steve here at Ratman720, also all places. And, uh, well, that's the show. Well, not really. I got more to do, but uh, I'll let these guys uh, sign off or stick around as they like. And I've got a couple things I'll go over real quick here. There's um, there's a number of things that people are just kind of starting to notice now that are occurring. Let me see. I'll throw a link to this in the show links as well. But uh, out in the middle of California, there's um, like out in uh, ranch land and agricultural land, there's just uh, long... Uh, train loads of cars of uh, chemicals of various varieties uh, possibly petrochem possibly uh, petroleum don't really know at all I just have uh, the initial reporting of it and the people out there so that'll be a thread I'll include at the bottom as well and oh, I've got like one or two other things that's interesting stuff that's happened we got the O'Keefe stuff uh, 41,000 hours of January 6th footage has been handed over to Tucker Carlson, which should have been made available to everyone. But, because it exists... I'm going to go ahead and pop off here so I don't bother you with more noises in the area. No worries, man. Uh, you have a fine night. I'll catch you guys later. Talk to you later, my man. So, we've got 41,000 hours of January 6th footage that, uh, like I was saying, it should have been handed over... To the public. But it has been made available to Tucker Carlson. Tucker is uh, probably one of the more trustworthy people in media at the moment. Even still, though, that means it exists. 
That means it has been made public, and that means that it is not classified. So FOIA that shit. FOIA that 41,000 hours of data, because it's available. And we know it now, and there is no getting around it, basically. There's no uh, fuckery that can be done. So, it can be had, even if it hasn't been given uh, given us directly. Let's see here. Was there anything else that I needed to go over this week? Oh, there's a shitload of stuff, but you know, it is what it is. There is. There always is. Yeah, yeah, there really, really is. So, let me see here. Yeah, Switzerland's been running, uh, running interference for Russia. You know, no surprise. They do business with whoever has got business to be done with. There's a um, report out of the Washington Post, which, yeah, whatever, but still. You know, they'll report on things that aren't American and they hate Russia right now. So, you know, you can expect that if there is something bad out of uh, Russian media or whatever, they're actually uh, going to bother to report it. Long and short there is basically there's this uh, Spanish firm, uh, Liminalia, that uh, does online profile, not online profile manipulation. Um like client management and that sort of thing, but at uh, reputation management, that's the word I was looking for, but they handle that and they handle very large clients and they've been working with Russia. Yeah, big, big fucking surprise. I'll throw a link to the, uh, Washington post article for that. Uh, let me see here. What was the, uh, Oh, so yeah, there is actually something. Uh, now, this is uh, probably not going to happen because, you know, as we've been discussing throughout the show tonight, there's been uh, fairly adequate handling of the issues in East Palestine. But about 20 years ago, uh, there was a, uh, what was the name of this place? Uh, Times Beach. And Times Beach was along Route 66. And in 1983, the area was entirely bought out by the EPA bulldozed and buried uh, all the contaminated soils scooped up and incinerated it took a uh, decade and a half and 110 million dollars it was one of the uh, one of the largest ecological uh, fuck ups on American soil uh, somebody had paid some local guy to uh, spray oil on the roads to uh, keep down dust I think and um I think it was for dust. Either way, there was that, but um, he had been also paid by some government agency to dispose of some chemicals, some dioxins, as a matter of fact. And so, you know, hey, well, I've got these dioxins and I've got this waste oil. I'll just get rid of them both at the same time. So he contaminated the entirety of uh, the place. Said The whole thing was made into a... Uh, uh, just an utter disaster area. So it's now a state park. <laughs> I'll include a, a link to that little story as well. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, got a note from a uh, regular tuner in her as well. Just, uh, I want to say yesterday, there was a pipe bomb that was found on a Pennsylvania trail, uh, not trail, train track. Um, let me see here. Like, very curiously enough. I got the uh, direct link to that one. 
yeah, here we go. An 18-inch pipe bomb on train tracks outside of Philadelphia. Let me see if I can get a link to uh, anything more on the data for that one. Oh, yeah, since you're still here, I'll drop that in staff chat because that one literally just happened recently. But uh, let's see here. Out of raw news... Let's see what we got here. Multiple law department agencies responded after an 18-inch pipe bomb that was capped at both ends was disconnected from the train tracks in Frankfurt, Pennsylvania, and has been reported to have burn marks. So, imagining that... Uh, oh, uh, this would have been on the 19th, by the way. So, let me see. Um... Initial reporting from Fox 29 out of Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Near a church is where it was uh, actually placed as well. That's uh, that's creepy. And it looks like... Yeah, it doesn't look like there's a lot more data, but I'll include a link to that initial reporting from him for anybody that wants to follow up through that at least. And I swear... I saw, I saw that pipe bomb. The problem that you're going to run into right now is that the train is in the news. Mm-hmm. And so as much as we get copycat, you know, shooters every single time CNN sits there and oh, blasts sure. one of these fuckers, we're going to see the same thing. Absolutely. Right? We're going to see active attempts to sit there and, like, get to be a news headline. And it's always going to be a crazy person. You know, A... They're probably building pipe bombs before this whole entire thing, right? So, so like, these are people who, who are going to get caught because criminals tend to be idiots. Um, but on top of that, they, they also, like, they're just basically looking to get attention. Sadly enough, that's uh, oftentimes a big part of the problem, yeah. And that we give these people attention is an issue. Mm-hmm. To to be completely fair, you know, all of these people should just be ruthlessly mocked and made, uh, you know, just an utter clown, and it would really change things completely. You know, if if you didn't get to be, oh yeah, I'm the bad, I'm the Joker, I'm the badass antihero that came in and and ruined all the lives. Instead, it was just like, oh, there's this fucking stupid clown that was an idiot and made his family look stupid yep that (sighs) quite a lot can be done with that but on that note and as we like to end on a good note i have a a story out of texas on i believe this was the 18th that it occurred so there was a shooting at uh the cielo vista mall a um uh just a just a dude was there with his gun with a uh, concealed carry permit as um, a uh, would-be shooter started his uh, started his whole thing. It was a... Actually, it wasn't a would-be shooter. It was two, uh, two gangs started their shit, which is uh, unfortunately what seems to be happening all too frequently in malls. But there was a bit of gang violence, and this guy shoots the first shooter. Problem resolves itself. Which should be <clears throat> so often the case. But, uh, let me see here. Yeah, there was, uh, 
Is there anything else? Yeah, a 16-year-old Hispanic male accused of shooting individuals after a confrontation ensued between two groups at the Sierra Vista Mall. Uh, Wednesday. What's that? Ah, so Wednesday the 15th is when this occurred. Okay. As, uh, yeah, as it began, let me see here. Uh, there was a physical altercation between the 16-year-old. He shot, uh, what is this, three individuals fatally, one injuring two others. Then a uh, local, Emmanuel Duran, a 32 licensed carry holder, shot the suspect at his point his gun towards the direction of more bystanders. Who's to say how it would have gone, but when you got a kid that's gone crazy with a gun already, who knows how much farther it's going to go. And it didn't go any farther. So, you know, a hero did heroic things, and people's lives were saved. So, yeah, I remember seeing that. That was just a blip, though, in the uh, the news stories. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly that, because it's it's only convenient to the narrative of people that, you know, don't give a shit about ending human life, you know, that actually care for humans and, you know, want to see them able to survive and thrive, protect themselves and their families. Essentially, not anyone in our rulership positions these days, right? Uh, indeed. I've been kind of impressed. Uh, I've been I've been watching that Tim Pool. He's kind of almost gone away from his news stuff. That seems at least not not really news. He seems to be grabbing viral clips of things, and that seems to be the majority of his channel now. Is talking about and reacting to other viral internet stuff that's loosely related to politics instead of news, which is kind of a shame. Mm, a bit, a bit. I will say this: uh, the quartering does okay coverage of news. Uh, it's a little bit more editorial than I'd like, but he does at least catch a lot of happenings. So it's something. I would say though, uh, it's always good to keep your eye on a couple of different sources. I like to watch Wall Street Journal, I like to watch National File, and I like to watch uh, the Postmillennial and Zero Hedge. You know, I think that gives me a, a pretty good broad range of happening topics. National File isn't, uh, they've only got two, three stories a day, so they're not, you know, absolutely hopping and bopping. Wall Street Journal, you know, giant publication, they've always got new shit going on, so you kind of got to tailor what you're looking for there zero hedge is also kind of like a shotgun blast but they're a little more they're kind of in a lane so Mm -hmm. there's there's a a lot of things you won't get out of zero hedge but by that you're getting tailored information that's kind of well suited to the kind of folks that would be interested in listening to what we have to offer I have no doubt and I guess with that well, that's that's my recommendations so if you've made it this far thanks it's awesome and also I would really like to uh, to do more with this and uh, do more for my guys here so if you'd like to support there's links all over and about uh, subscribe and follow like and please for real share that uh, that does more than anything so uh, just let more people know that we're out here and we're trying to be honest and we're trying to give real news and real science. And uh, sometimes it's uh, confrontational. Sometimes it's just not exactly what you're expecting. Uh, 
And every now and then, the consensus isn't wrong. Every now and then. Well, you know, I, I think the, the issue that you have is that is not that whether the consensus is right or wrong right now. I don't think that's a fair description. Okay. You know, I think I think what's ended up happening is we have tribalism and the left has not been able to deal with the fact that history does not bear them out very well. Another so numbers. Uh, I'd say that if you take a look at this last week with this whole train incident, it's a perfect example of where contrarians get it wrong <laughs> pretty pretty steadily. I mean, like I'm not saying that it's not scary stuff, but I, I, I it always seems that when Republicans do come into power, all of a sudden they go crazy, and when Democrats come into power, they go crazy, and it always tends to be that the uh, the people who are holding up their tribal flag and trying to plant it on fertile soil, um, they they overextend their reach, they uh, overestimate the value that they actually have. Yeah, and I mean, as politicians, they should be well aware that they have almost zero value. I cannot get that toilet fixed. That's very annoying. <sighs> what an apt analogy to Washington. It is. It is. I, I just it keeps on running. I think I got to like clean out the whole entire thing. I was just futzing with it again. Again, you know, <laughs> DC man, DC. There yeah. you go. Or, Boy, that's or probably a lot, of grease. a lot of grease. Which again, apt yeah. analogy. Yeah, I mean, geez, I, I think you lived in DC at the way you're talking now. <laughs> All right. Uh, but that being said, I, I think that's. I don't think I've got any other like really awesome news to close this out on other than um, there's a lot happening, but no real movement. So basically there's a number of very interesting cases happening in the uh, second amendment world, but we have to wait for some movement on them. There's uh, quite a few that'll be seeing the Supreme court and depending on their outcome could be, utterly disastrous to the people that are uh, offended by human rights. So as ever, I'll, you know, be, be, be keeping track of that and be keeping all interested parties apprised because if nothing else, I, uh, one of those dang rights absolutists. So that's mm. my beat. And that is the beat. I will stomp at the very least. So was there anything else you were wanting to go over my man? Nope. That's it. All right. Sounds cool. Well, That'll be that. Get you all soon.